0: So, welcome everybody to the podcast. Um, this is Haunted Hacker podcast number, I don't know, let's, let's make it 100, make it a turning point for us. Um, tonight we have everybody from the BIC, the Blacks in cybersecurity, um, which I'm really excited about. And uh, so, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start off with a little bit of news, some updates, and then we'll go right into uh, the interviews. I'm really excited about this. Um, so, the news regarding any new news um, other than uh, this is episode 100 the anniversary is coming up on the 30th and it'll be a 24-hour podcast that'll go through uh, Halloween day um, so it' be really cool we will have some DJs and, and some you know special guests and everybody's welcome to come um, other than that we're going to get started um, so I have four of you guys here tonight, which is pretty awesome. It's, I have to say this is the most number of guests we've done at one time, so bear with me here. Uh, so Blacks and cybersecurity, I, I know a lot about the group and, and what kind of stuff you guys do, and, and it's pretty phenomenal. Um, and I, what I'm going to do is have you guys introduce yourselves one at a time and give us a little bit of, a little bit of your background and, and kind of you know, who you are, what your journey was like, and, and what you do for BIC. Since Nico is to my right, Nico, why don't you go ahead and start? You're muted, though. Uh,
1: yes, uh, pardon, pardon my uh, my my uh, my laughter. Um, hi, how you doing, everybody? Uh, my name is uh, Nico Smith. Uh, call sign Socks. Um, I am the director of Red Team operations for Blackstone Cybersecurity, and uh, I'll try and get keep everything into a clip notes. Um, I have roughly about you know 17 years of experience in uh, in IT, with about eight of those years being focused in infosec. Um, I've uh, acquired, I, I own a slash twenty four and uh, and some uh, and some some rack space, and I'm leveraging that in order to uh, to develop uh, red team operations such as CTF uh, builds for uh, for BIC. And and as well as uh, reaching out to the community and uh, providing a desktop as a service uh, during COVID times for under uh, underprivileged youth. So um, that's that's pretty pretty much me in a nutshell.
0: That's pretty awesome. Uh, thank you, Nico. And why don't we go with Alex next, since she's to your right? Hey, Alex. You're muted.
2: Hey, guys.
3: Hey, how's it going? <laughs>
2: Um, Hi there. Uh, My name is Alex. I'm serving as our director of public relations here at and Cyber or VIC headquarters. Um, And I'm just getting, just diving into my um, infosec um, education as well as just understanding the infosec community Um, coming from a marketing background. um, So every day I'm always learning something new. Um, Recently I restored my iMac. So um, that's been my little journey here, learning more about cyber, learning more about computers and just uh, venturing in on my journey.
0: Awesome, thank you, Alex. Um, Garrison, why don't you go ahead and go next?
4: Sure, hey everyone. Um, Garrison Best, uh, Director of Communications for Blacks and Cybersecurity HQ. Um, I have about five years of experience in cybersecurity, uh, specifically on the consulting side. So I do a lot of client-facing uh, work. And um, yeah, I've been rocking with big, love it. Love the people, of the community, and just love growing the, the cybersecurity field.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Garrison. And last but not least, the uh, chief in charge, Michaela.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Michaela Barnett. Um, I'm the chief executive officer and founder of Black and Cybersecurity, otherwise known as the official headquarters. Um, currently, I am a consultant at a premier consulting firm, and I consider myself a cybersecurity hobbyist. My interests include um, offensive security, developing Capture the Flag challenges, playing Capture the Flag, and teaching others.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming tonight. Um, So who wants to talk about the organization as a whole? Who wants to be the the first one to lead off? Do you guys just want to have an open discussion about BIC and and the kind of stuff you guys are doing right now? want to fly that way? So why don't you tell us about the events that you guys have? Because I saw that you guys have events, you have training seminars, um, you guys do all kinds of stuff, Uh, mentorship, just an insane amount of stuff. So Tell me about what it's like to to run this group and and provide this type of of service and and community uh, to other people. I mean, you guys have a huge presence on the Internet. So why don't you tell me what it's like to be part of BIC and and kind of what you guys are doing?
3: Sure, I'll take that one. Um, Hey everyone, this is Michaela again. Um, We do a lot of events throughout the year. Some are kind of micro and in the community. Some are kind of macro as far as our conferences in our recent village at DEF CON, which we're excited to go back to. Um, Our year calendar kind of uh, consists of our study groups, everything from CETPLUS, NETPLUS, all the way to OSCP and CISP. So those happen on a weekly basis. Um, We also have our lightning talk series featured on our YouTube channel where we present other talks that are kind of um, left out or in between conferences. And then we have different micro events around our... Nation, as well as internationally via our big groups in our chapters. Um, as far as our four main events throughout the year, we, have our, um, we kick out every year with our winter conference that happens in February. That's our big uh, premier conference, our flagship conference. Um, then we head into the spring with our virtual con, which is usually always virtual and streaming via our services. Um, we head into the summer and we go to our DEF CON village as well as visiting other local um, cybersecurity conferences and events. And then we tie it up with our secret con in the fall.
0: Awesome. So at DEF CON, how many years have you guys been going to DEF CON?
3: Actually, it's kind of a complex answer to that. Um, We started out going as a meetup group and as a meetup um, DEF CON 27. Uh, Then we got hit with COVID and everything went online. Uh, So we tried to have a few virtual events and we had our first uh, inaugural village this year.
0: Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. So DEF CON, I remember way back in the day when DEF CON was, you know, it used to be at the Rio and, you know, we've had it at a couple of different places and uh, it used to get pretty chaotic. I, I think my first couple of years, I didn't make too many of the talks. I was more interested in going to the parties and, and you know, breaking the challenges so I could get invites to special parties. Um, so I don't know if they still do that or not. I've been out of the country for you know, a number of years and, and just recently got back last October. So I haven't been to DevCon since, oh God, probably 2016, 2015. Um, so what do you guys think about DEFCON? What do you think about the environment and the culture and, and you know, just the overall feel of, of DEFCON?
4: Nico? Go ahead, Garrison. Go ahead. No, going say, so, uh, our village was our, my first DEF CON. Um, I've known about it, been wanting to go and I finally got a chance to go. It was definitely a, a great experience. Um, it's a information overload for me. Uh, it was a lot of stuff, a lot of people, great people. And just to have a vill- our village there and be able to um, showcase what we're doing. Uh, just made it even more, um, an exciting event, but, uh, DEF CON is great. I'm looking forward to going back and, uh, trying to participate and do a lot more uh, activities next time you got to and try to stay up. <laughs> yeah,
0: for real. For real. What about you, Nico? What's your favorite part about uh, DefCon?
1: DEF CON? Oh, wow. Um, so I've been going since uh, DEF CON 10 nice. and uh, it's always, uh, it's, it's all of the different uh, opportunities for the crossroads of, mm-hmm. of people's different interest groups. Uh, kind of uh, coming together and working in really unique ways, and and for for me specifically, just seeing the 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 welcome, the open arms that uh, the the warm uh, receipt that we had as a village, mm-hmm. um, and and just uh, the different friends that that's the one time of year uh, that's actually uh, part of my negotiation strategy for jobs. Like I say, hey, either either you're gonna send me or you just give me the time off and you don't pay me. But uh, that's the one time that we really as um, cyber professionals have a, have a chance to fellowship together. So um, I'm super happy about that and definitely uh, happy to, uh, to welcome in the new generation of, of cyber professionals uh, specifically within the, uh, within the BIPOC um, element
0: yeah absolutely so you kind of looked familiar that's why i asked how you're going to defcon because i I think i've seen you there before actually we probably met um so yeah like defcon defcon to me is is a chance to get together with what i call my tribe right so the people that that are just like me um that have the same interests and the same goals in life um you know it's just it's a really good place to to network and you know looking back at at my first days in defcon Uh, I met some of my best friends. I met Tom Ryan, met Raph Eshmandia and uh, Luke McComey Pyro from DC 303. I'm actually working with him now. So um, we work together at a company called Blue Bastion and doing red team and blue team stuff. So the friends that you make in in that culture uh, tend to be friends that you keep for a very, very long time. Um, And that's what I like about it.
4: Uh, Alex, did you get a chance to go to DEF CON?
2: My. (laughs) Nope.
0: Alex, you're still muted.
2: (laughs) Can you hear me now? No, we can. I was muted. I definitely clicked the button. Ah, Okay. (laughs) Well, um, uh, to answer your question, I didn't get a chance to go this year because um, for some reason, Texas wasn't flying anybody out at that point to Las Vegas. Um, but it was nice to be boots on the ground. I definitely got the full Defton experience of being up 24 mm-hmm. <laughs> seven, making sure everybody had everything they needed and um, um, going and organizing as well everyone's itineraries to getting to the locations and getting us ready as well as making sure we had everything we needed for our village. Um, so that was really fun. It was nice to see everybody um, having an amazing time and as well as networking, creating that friends and community that Bic is known for. But also, um, we, also we had also had a documentary uh, created for us for our, from our videographer that many can view to feel like they were there with us as well. So if people are interested in that, they can certainly check it out on our YouTube channel.
0: Absolutely. I'll, be, uh, I'll probably be posting that in the uh, show notes so everybody can get a good look at it. And I'd like to watch it, too. I haven't seen that yet. It sounds pretty <clears throat> interesting. So, so do you guys do podcasts as well, or or have you thought about doing podcast, or you know what, what what's the what's the plan for that?
2: Well, that's definitely something we could see to be in the works for BIC as BIC HQ as a whole. Um, I'm sure everyone else would be interested in it too as we expand um, more of our branding, but also expand um, just more things that we do as a as an organization. So, I wonder, Michaela, what do you think? Oh, we are on SoundCloud as well, so there's that. <laughs> I was definitely going to elaborate
3: yeah. on Started kind of pulling the audio from our YouTube channels in the on SoundCloud, and in the process kind of converting that so people can ask them to listen to as well as watch. So we're definitely interested in converting our talks and different panels that we've had into podcasts.
0: That's a lot of fun. I think, I think podcasting during the pandemic, podcasting got really, really popular and uh, it seemed like everybody and their brother came up with a podcast. You know, I actually came up with mine last October and it was just you know, fly by night type of idea uh, between me and my roommate. And it was like, well, you know, we got something to talk about. So might as well, you know, have fun with it. And, and it turned into this, a full blown show. Um, yeah. And I, I think with what you guys do, the more that you can get that word out and the more that you can spread it, um, the better off everybody will be. Uh, I talked to uh, Tanisha from Black Girls Hack um, earlier this season during the podcast and you know, I have to I have to say, you know, coming from DC, that's where I was born, I was in DC, and seeing these type of groups pop up there, like makes me happy. You know, it makes me make, makes me happy that, you know, people are actually getting the word out and spreading the word and actually building the community a lot more. Um, I remember when I first got into hacking, it was, it was very much a niche type activity and the the personalities were tend to be so similar. There wasn't a lot of diversity. Um, but it's nice to see like all types of, of people joining, you know, hacking groups or joining DEFCON from all over the world. Um, you know, I got to see a lot of it when I was in Europe. Uh, so Garrison, I know that you are in the military, is that correct? No? Nico. No, Nico. 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 Yeah, yeah I, I, saw, I saw you in your, uh, in your uniform. So you're part of a, correct me if I'm wrong, a cyber warfare unit?
1: Um, I'm part of a cyber protection team currently. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, uh, part of a um, one of the um, one of the cyber protection teams uh, within the U.S. Uh, Army National Guard, mm-hmm. and I'm currently uh, beginning trans- um, uh, transfer back to the civilian population. So within the next uh, sixty to ninety days, I'll be back uh, in the civilian sector, uh, looking to uh, leverage my civilian acquired skill sets. Uh, mm-hmm. Back for the fight for good. Right. Um, so super uh, looking and being excited about that and uh, always proud of my opportunity to serve this great nation.
0: Absolutely. So did did you serve active duty time and then you did your reserve time or was it strictly just reserve time?
1: So um, I started out. I started out as a 11 Bravo, which is an infantry guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's back in 2002. Uh, got injured uh got out still wanting to serve uh following uh, September 11th things like that uh, found a, a, a new different way for me to come back in because i was previously enlisted became an officer uh still still having that that passionate desire to serve our nation and um and was actually military intelligence and uh, from military intelligence uh, i i happen to be one of those weird guys that was an MI guy that spoke cyber or spoke signal. And uh, that just kind of opened up the pathway for us to, uh, to, to open up doors. So uh, that led, uh, led me from being um, uh, reserve or, or national guard into mm-hmm. an actual uh, active duty status uh, for, for a small small period of time, a, a, a short deployment mm-hmm. uh, down to Meade uh, where we built some really amazing things for Cyber Command and uh and since then uh everything's been uh kind of agr which is like your your uh full-time active duty and reserve status right right so um so i I mean i have nothing but the the uh, a lot of fond memories of the ability for me to leverage my civilian acquired skill sets and uh working directly with the 91st cyber brigade so shouting those guys out and also uh, uh, leveraging about 40 hours a week to support BIC um, and, and mentorship and different, uh, different passions that I have that can't quite be captured uh, in the uniform.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we have similar backgrounds. I was uh, military intelligence as well with signal intelligence and uh, actually I was born at Fort Meade so I, I know that area very well um, and I, I actually served at the Joint Force Intelligence Command in Virginia. Uh, and before I got out, trans, trans-rated over to CTN, which was the, new, the Navy's new cyber warfare rate. Um, I was one of the first into that rate. We didn't have a class or, or, you know, a test or anything. You just went before board and answered some questions. Um, so, yeah, it's cool to see that, that that background, it plays very well in cyber. Um, I see a lot of guys that came from those ranks from intelligence into cybersecurity and red teaming, um, blue teaming. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's a really good transferable rate from the military. So Michaela, tell me how BIC came to be and kind of the vision for BIC. And, and who, whose idea was it to form BIC? And tell me how it was like building this, this group and, and coming up with the vision and putting it into action.
3: Sure. I'll definitely um, go into that story because it is quite interesting. But first I wanted to mention that we do have our military relations program starting up and running. So we're interested in connecting with that community and bringing those resources. But Absolutely. back to the original question. <laughs> so 2018, I'm freshly turned my tassel um, from college. I'm walking around my first B-Sides, B-Sides DC. And I'm looking around. I came from a historically black college university, um, Delaware State University. And um, after being kind of immersed in my culture for um, four years, I came back out into the world ready to um, be an awesome practitioner. So um, I look, was looking around and I was noticing there wasn't as much diversity as I was uh, accustomed to seeing. So I turned to my college friends and was like, hey, we should do something about that. Uh, we don't really see a lot of opportunities for our community and our culture. And one thing I noticed was that um, a lot of these opportunities are often really um really affordable and really accessible, we just don't really know about them as a culture and a community because it's just not as much as much of an aligned um, career path as it could be. So that's just one thing that uh, really drove me to say, hey, let's get our resources together, let's try something. So we began as a group chat and the group chat kind of went around different uh, communities and grew and grew and then we broke off into chapters. So we had what we called um, big ambassadors, our first nine campus ambassadors at HBCUs would gather up their classmates and um, just have meetings, talk about cyber, do cap together, kind of just build that community on their campuses. And then that branched out to local locations and it became this kind of network of group chats and um, people just gathering people together to have conversations, do dinners, do different activities. So that was the first phase, just kind of getting out there and like branching out. Then we became a um, like a meetup group. So we had our first very first mini in Greenbelt, Maryland. I remember that day. Um, very like, interesting and because um, me and my friend were like, oh my gosh, what if nobody shows up, what are we going to do? So we gathered our stuff up, we got our little projector and our little uh, cheese board. We thought we were cool with the cheese board and like some sodas. And we're like, all right, that should be cool. So um, we had a couple of speakers. Some people came with their slides. Some people just stood up and spoke about their experiences. And at the end, we just became a closer uh, group of people after that. Um, and then it kind of snowballed from there. Took, people wanted mini cons, different locations, wanted ambassadors. And before you knew it, we had our very first winter conference in February of 2019, which is crazy to think that's almost two years, or maybe it is two years. But um, there we had a lot of firsts. We had um, our first um, Black-owned and operated the flag hosted by Nico Smith, otherwise known as SOX, SOX ETF, um, which was really impactful because a lot of students had never seen themselves in that um, light before, that they could... Um, be engineers of such interesting challenges or they could even pursue cyber. So that really made an impact. And all the way up to our first group of speakers that were made up of those who were kind of known, those who may not have been as um, comfortable to speak because they didn't see very many people like them. So that was a really impactful event. And from there, uh, we headed into the quarantine where we kind of duplicated overnight uh, because other people, they just didn't have as much to worry about. I guess they didn't have to go places. So um, our online group just grew and grew and grew into what it was today.
0: That's pretty awesome. Um, and you must be a, a really good leader because this group tends to grow and grow and grow, which is really good to see. Um, you know, and so tell me how you guys go about, um, I know you do the meetups and, and you have the different chapters. Um, who can be, who can get involved and, and what kind of things can they get involved with if they want to help out
3: big? Um, we definitely say that um, even if you don't have that much to spare or resources to give, liking and tweeting always helps because you never know who's on your timeline that can benefit from joining our community. So that's always something that's free and accessible to mostly everyone who has social media. So that helps. Um, further up from then, um, if people have extra resources to spare, such as older books or training materials, those are definitely needed. And we do have our home lab kit that we like to make up and um, give to those who are in need at our in-person conferences. And Hopefully we can get a pipeline to do something that's kind of, you know, internet-based where we can ship things out. But those home lab kids mean so much to these college kids who can't really afford it or these high school kids who, whose parents might not understand. But that book or that Raspberry Pi really does make a difference. So those things are definitely um, things people can get into. And as well as circulating our events, we definitely have a lot of events that pop up. A lot of them are streamed right now. So joining a stream, dropping a comment, those are always things you can do. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, um, Twitch, uh, where else are we streaming? LinkedIn. We're pretty much on everything you can have. A streamer, Everywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Everywhere.
0: Awesome. That, that's pretty awesome. I, I think, you know, just thinking about how you guys are set up and, and the kind of stuff you guys do, I could almost envision a haunted hacker and a big CTF at some point. Maybe we could set that up. Um, I'd be really interested to to open it up and, and you know, have an, have like a mentor moment and bring some of the kids that are interested in cyber and, and involve them in a the CTF. I think that'd be really cool. Plus, I haven't done a CTF in a while. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So Garrison, tell me about your journey and what brought you into BIC and, and you know, kind of your ideas behind where you want to see it go and, and what you're doing.
4: Absolutely. So uh, my journey is pretty similar to... Um, Um, So I was one of the the people in the first meetups uh, and about 12 of us. (laughs) So it it wasn't a big group. Um, I think for me, what what brought me to BIC is that uh, I went to a a historically black university, a college university as well. Um, You know, being at school, I saw a lot of uh, strong candidates in cybersecurity, but also in the engineering field. And um, but once I got to the workforce, it kind of kind of broke up. And, and um i wanted to see more people that kind of look like me that wanted to do cybersecurity and, and and be a part of tech so when i ran across um the meetup um it was just cool just to be able to talk about a conversation have a conversation about cybersecurity, to which most people you know everybody doesn't know cybersecurity nowadays it's a it's a big topic and people are learning more and more about it but um you know it hasn't always been a trending topic all the time, and so to be able to talk with people that look like me that had that background was great. It made me want to do more. Okay, what certifications can I get? What can I do in the community? What can I do to get more people involved? And so that's what Bigs all about. And and I enjoy that. The way we have the structure is that um you know, Makeda, Michaela allows us to really uh, kind of run our divisions and make sure that we're just giving back to our community, and it gives a lot of freedom to just. Gives us the opportunity to to grow in ways that we might have, you know, not thought of. Hey, let's think about this, and what this would be cool. And we just, at the end of the day, um, we're a part of the community, but we're also that's the point of the whole organization is that um, if if we want to get something and somebody needs something, a training or or help or um, a safe space, that's what we're there for to give. And it's it's that's our our big mission is to make sure everyone is getting the most out of it. So yeah, I, I mean. I love it. I'm ready for us to continue to grow and just see how many people we can touch and, um, yeah, do cool things like this. I haven't done many podcasts. So this is awesome. Thanks for letting us. come Absolutely,
0: here. absolutely. It's, it's it's great having you guys on. You know, um, when I look at at the way the industry was built, and you know, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to try to date myself here, but there was no cybersecurity and all we had was BBS. So. Back in those days, the type of users that, that were on those platforms and, and doing the things I did were usually long-haired, long bearded white guys that were Linux administrators that wouldn't help you do shit. And it drove me crazy. Um, and then IRC came along. You go into an IRC channel and try to get some information on how to do something. And everybody flame you and tell you, oh, you know, go read the manual, you know, get out of here, or whatever. Uh, so it's nice to see like communities being built to help everybody. And, you know, it's becoming more, I guess, welcoming and, and kind of a warm community instead of, you know, the, the people hiding the secrets like back in the day. Um, so I, I assume that Alex is probably the face of BIC uh, with her bubbly personality and, and, you know, her outgoing spirit. So tell me what brought you into cyber, Alex?
2: Well, a lot of people know me as the chief flex officer here at big headquarters, but I don't think I'm the face at all, although I do share a face with Michaela. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I definitely, I guess I can be more considered outgoing. Um, and I think that, well, <laughs> when it comes to just um, getting into InfoSec as a whole, first of all, um, having Michaela as a direct link, just note telling me how to. Um, keep myself and how to, you know, look in the, or not look in the community, but more like just act because I had the tendency to just be talkative and a lot of people sometimes um, would like just a couple of questions at a time. So I'm learning that, but deep diving into um, just learning more about InfoSec as a whole, um, coming with a lot of respect for you guys and learning just my look learning just my little things here and there. I'm actively actively, um, studying for my little A plus right now. So a lot of um, support a lot from the community, especially um, all of my cohorts here, everyone's amazing, to teaching me new things every day, as well as just helping me out with uh, the little things as I uh, build up my skills. So it's been a real pleasure just to be a part of this. Um, Of course, so much respect for the community as a whole, and I'm coming into it so humbly, just learning so much from everyone.
0: That's really awesome attitude to have too. Um, I, I love to see when people come in and they're open to learning. Um, it's hard to deal with with people who come in and they know everything and, and you can't teach them anything. They have all the bad habits and, you know, it's it's really nice to see fresh faces. One of the things that I really appreciate about the community, um, especially Bic and, and like Tanisha's group, is that when people come out of college, you know, I, I remember what it was like trying to get into, you know, this whole new industry that was forming. Um, and I look at kids now and they're trying to get into the industry and they, they ask me, how did you do it? You know, what can I do? And everybody needs certifications. And I know for for me, you know, being you know a kid, there was no way that I was going to be able to afford a $5,000 certification. Um, there was no way that, you know, I could... I couldn't graduate college. I I went to college many times, um, but never finished. Had good grades, but never finished. I couldn't keep my attention that long. Um, So it's nice to see these groups actually helping people make that transition and helping direct them and and give them what they need to to be successful. Um, Because there's not a whole lot of it, especially when you look at HRs and you go in for job interviews. And the first thing you ask is, you know, what certifications do you have? What experience do you have? Um, so my suggestion to them is, you know, the, the people getting into it is find a project, find something you're interested in, work on that project, research it, document it, put it on GitHub, whatever you can to show that you're actually working towards a goal. Um, and that, that'll, build, that'll build experience as well. And being, you know, a part of BIC or, you know, being part of the DEF CON groups or the, the numerous groups that are out there um, shows that you have that mindset and you're really pushing forward. Um, not, not everybody's as fortunate as, you know, being able to go into the military and come right out and, you know, bam, you know, they, they've, they've got a job. Um, it's really difficult for some people. So I really appreciate that. So, you know, given the fact that you guys do all of these things and, and, you know, it keeps you busy and, and you guys have so many events every year, how do you guys balance your time between BIC and, and personalized? Like, you know, tell me, tell me, especially Nico, Nico, tell me how you do that. Cause I'm interested.
1: um uh, time is a man-made construct that's Mm -hmm. that's about uh where where i'll put it so um if anyone has seen me talk uh on my who am i slide i have at the top uh father of two right Mm -hmm. this is my favorite my, my most treasured job in the world um so so looking at uh, looking at the the ability to organize and, and kind of time manage uh really has to sink and, and i think it speaks very deeply to to this idea that i think people are coming around to which is um, cybersecurity as a lifestyle and 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 you have to have the passion to do so mm-hmm. um and because um, because I care so much, and I'm I'm so excited about being part of an organization like BIC and being able to reach out and and touch so many people and kind of be the be the thing that that you needed but wasn't around. Mm. Uh, is kind of what what drives it. So we have 24 hours in a day, and I use roughly. Uh, and I think Garrison or Michaela can can probably attest. I use about 21 to 22 of those hours specifically on on developing new new concepts or or new opportunities for you know not only for BIC, but coming up with innovative ways and and before i hop off just just um uh going back to your 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 statement about uh, about Michaela being a really amazing ceo uh, and amazing leader i have to i have to agree with garrison and and alex in that way where you know uh being able to be granted the latitude and the trust from, uh, from your leadership is is one of the, the things that makes the work not work, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, and that, that brings me to Michaela. So, you know, we've, we've heard about how you guys operate as a group and, and kind of what brought you into cyber. What were some of the, uh, the hurdles and, and maybe some of the difficult things about forming a group and, and how did you overcome it?
3: Okay. Um, well, um, unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot of diversity in the space uh, before we kind of started um, showing up. So that definitely was a contributing aspect. People not necessarily being used to seeing people of different backgrounds or um, people who didn't look like them in a space where it was mostly homogenous. So that has its own um, difficulties as far as, you know, trying to come across as, hey, we're here to also engage in the same things, um you know there were a few um, people who may not have been as kind whether they were behind the screen in via the internet or maybe to our faces at times but um, I think the important thing to focus on is that um, with the events that transpired last summer people were able to see um, our community in a different light and they were able to kind of empathize with our um, past as well as where we're going so it made for an transition from people not necessarily uh, being used to our community, being present to welcoming our community and helping themselves be better allies as understanding what we're there to do.
0: That's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, I would definitely like to help you guys out in any way that I can. So, you know, after the show or whatever, um, shoot me an email, let me know how I can contribute and, and help you guys along because I really appreciate and I honor what you guys do. I think it's really awesome. Um, <clears throat> and you're right, you know, Sometimes it's hard starting a group, you know, and, and not just because the organization and and where you want to go and the vision and, and the things you take on. Um, I know for me, uh, Michaela, it's really difficult because I balance uh, the group, I balance the podcast, I balance public speaking, working, consulting. It just, you know, I was talking to Ger- uh, Gerald Osher uh, yesterday about this and and that burnout, that burnout factor. Um, and being too overwhelmed. And that's, I think that's one of the pitfalls for, for having so much passion is sometimes you, you take that passion and you run yourself into the ground. Um, and I've been known to like run myself ragged to the point where I need to take two days and just sleep. Um, so yeah, building groups and, and building relationships, building relationships is very important, um, but you're always going to have those people that have something negative to say, or try to stand in your way. Um, And I see that a lot on the internet in general. You know, the the trolls just don't feed the trolls because the more you feed them, the more more they'll come back. Um, But yeah, it it is difficult uh, to do that. It's difficult to start it and to keep it going. Um, But with the numbers and with your organization and, and Michaela's leadership and the personalities you have here, just here on this podcast, I mean that's a mix for success. So in the future, where would you guys like to see Bit go? I mean, are you are you planning on making this like a global type movement to where you know you have millions and millions of members, or you know where do you see this in, in three or four years from now?
4: Well, I'll jump in first. Um, I know everybody else probably has some things, but um, uh, we are we are, we're currently actually. Uh, pretty uh, global right now. So we actually have a um, spinning up our big Africa uh, entity, and uh, we're working on our big Europe. So um, it's basically the same thing that we're doing here. um, But uh, we're allowing it to um, those organizations to basically run freely and host their own conferences and meetups and the same uh, makeup that we have in the United States. Um, But uh, I would definitely love to see it being a worldwide thing. um, We're not here to uh, hold anybody back. We're here to help and um, any uh, person of color that wants any type of, uh, needs any resources or wants to help or uh, wants to get there, join out. We have a speaker development program. We have uh, different development programs and we have a lot of stuff that we're just trying to give back because if we can get Uh, more people involved in cybersecurity, it helps all of us. It's tons of jobs out there. And the more people we can get in those spaces, it's it's helping us. So um, we're not trying to hold any information back. And we're trying to just make sure that we get give our resources and our time out. Um, So yeah, I would love for it to be a huge uh, global thing. And um, I made a joke that, you know, I I really wish that, um, you know, one day, uh, people can come out of college and come from HBCU or come from any school and they say, Hey, I'm in cybersecurity. And everybody knows like, Oh, you got to hit a bit. You know, you got to talk to them first to see, you know, they have jobs, they have internships and everything. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Cause I want, I want to make sure that we're we're helping out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Michaela, where do you see it going in the next three or four years? Where would you like it to go?
3: Um, Yes, definitely piggybacking off what Garrison had said. I'd like it to be obviously more global and more tied into the cyber communities that are de- co-developing um, within our big groups. So I know there's a whole different uh, independent cyber culture in Africa. So I'd really like to see um, big Africa expand and contribute to that community. I know that's different from Europe and uh, Asia and the other places that we're expanding. So definitely um, emphasizing that global expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like to see us cultivate more the flag teams um, at HBCUs and at high schools so that uh people can learn to love the game like we do and contribute to that um as far as maker and hacker spaces.
0: Yeah, awesome. Speaking of uh Africa, um you guys should probably touch base with Johnny Long. Uh, Johnny Long has hackers for charity and he spent a lot of time in Africa, him and his wife helping bring technology to different places within Africa. Um and he's got a lot of great stories. He actually, I think he still lives in Maryland, I believe. Um but I'll see if I can't get you guys hooked up with them. Uh, there's a lot of great people who are bringing technology to, to those other countries. And you know, the more people that we can supply that technology to, the better off we'll be. Because my idea is that you know, there are a lot of places that have internet, um, but parents can't afford to send the kids to school. Um, they don't have exposure to cybersecurity. They don't have friends that are into it. And it makes things difficult. Um, and those are some brilliant minds that probably could be movers and shakers within cybersecurity. And I think the more that we can reach out to, to those type of people and give them the tools that they need, you know, our, our world in general will be a better place. Um, so, Alex, tell me where you would like it to go.
2: Not forgetting to unmute. Um, Well, as someone who's, I'm looking at our bigger picture, I'd love to see us continue to grow. I'm very excited to go to our big Africa conferences, speaking those into existence as I know they're going to come through. So that'll be an amazing experience. Um, I'm excited to see us continue to partner, just like you've been saying with Tanisha and Black Girls Hack, one of our partners. Um, I'd love to continue to and consider new partnerships in the future just so we can continue to spread our word out as well as get as many resources to our our kiddos, our CLADP program, as well as our newer community members as soon as possible to get them up and running as that's one of my personal passions as a newcomer as well. So I'd love to see that for Vic.
0: Right Nika, what about you? World dominance or, or, or where are we going with that?
1: Absolute war dominance. Uh, no, um, so um, Michaela touched a little bit on kind of where I'd like to see us go and that's in the CTF realm. Uh, as it's one of the, the best ways for people uh, like us to, to maintain or to develop skill sets. Mm-hmm. But um, more to the point, I'd like to see more uh, black content creators, so CTF developers, and that's more uh, that's more inside of the wheelhouse and and where I'd like to to see Bit kind of expand, uh, as well as you know ownership of IP spaces and you know really really um, hosting and owning. The, the very infrastructure that we're leveraging in order to, uh, to execute the different things. So uh, just watching that just grow as, as quickly as possible, as well as uh, the people, the, the men and women uh, that are uh, supporting those type of initiatives.
0: Awesome, awesome. I don't know if you know Alton from uh, Vonahy.io. Uh, it's an automated pen testing platform. Um, they were one of our early sponsors for the podcast. And he's got some an interesting platform uh that helps, you know, kind of automate pen testing and write and build reports. Um, he'd be another great asset to to talk to, really good guy. Um, but yeah, I mean there's so many, there's so many ways to to branch out in cybersecurity. Um, and I think that for me, one of my biggest hurdles was going out and putting myself out there. That that was the hardest part. Uh, walking up onto a stage for the first time um, you know I, I have neurodiversity and, and you know doing a podcast and being public and, and being in front of people is, is is a huge step and I like the fact that you guys have a speaker program um, to teach people how to do public speaking and make themselves more confident in getting out there and, and sharing So I think one of the big downfalls that we have in the industry there's so many brilliant people but we only hear from a select few repetitively it'd be nice to have more speakers and and more people share what they've gone through in cybersecurity um, and be accepted in the community. Uh, Because I feel like, you know, like I said, I I feel like there's a very small percentage of the people who actually get their voices heard on a routine basis. And that's kind of of why I built the podcast, was to give people a chance to to tell their story and to get their word out and and help other people. Um, Because I, I didn't have that when I started. I got kind of thrown onto a stage in Scotland Um, in front of like 40 people. And to me, that was a huge crowd. Um, And then last week I went, so my my career started out with 40 people in a college classroom in Scotland back in 2018. And just last week I was in front of a thousand people um, all over the world. So, I mean, there are so many avenues and so many opportunities. and, And as long as you believe in yourself and you have the confidence and you have the support, I mean, there's no telling where you can go. Um, So I really like that about, about the groups that you guys, that you guys build and and what you have going on. I mean, I I think it's really genuine. Um, So tell me, Nico, what's the hardest part about teaching red teaming to people who don't know about red teaming. So I I know for me that, that sometimes that's a dilemma. Um, Tell me how you, how you approach that.
1: Um, So uh, the, the best way that I could, uh, that I could, could explain it is um, I approach it as if I'm teaching a different language. Mm-hmm. So, because it definitely is. Uh, pedagogically, when we start uh, talking about what's necessary in order to solve the problems, um, it comes from an array of different, there, there is no one way. And sometimes that's a really great thing and sometimes it's a bad thing because uh, the repeatability aspect that people are accustomed to seeing. So um, when some some of the the hardships come from lack of exposure or confidence as as some of uh, some people have spoken to and um, to that one of the things that I do to try and really help uh, help people who are who are trying to learn how to CTF or how to um, how to to get shell or something like that one, I research a lot and two, um, Platt, uh, I think Platt Parliament of Poning um, did a talk. The leader or the founder uh, did a talk at RSA a couple years ago about how to develop uh, uh, great hackers. And and just really pulling from my my uh, my experiences and really uh, putting uh, everything that I have into the work is is what I've done to try and overcome some of those problems. But um, As far as the community that we're facing, uh, I think a large part of of our hardships always uh, lie inside of lack of access. Mm -hmm. And so I try and tear down as many. uh, So that goes back to the whole slash 24 purchase and having having infrastructure uh, that translates to now you don't have to have a computer to participate. I can provide that to you. So um, that uh, a labor of love. Awesome.
0: So do you guys have, what kind of sponsorship do you guys have? How do you keep the group going, Michaela? What what kind of things do you do to, to help, I guess, build surplus so that you can give this stuff back to the community?
3: Right. So first and foremost, we like to partner and work with those who are in the hacker and maker space. Um, so we definitely want to talk to you and collaborate with communities like Black Girls Hack, Black Girls in Cyber, Empower Cyber, and other organizations. So that's our first kind of um, rung of, contributing and building community. Secondly, we like to find organizations that align with our ideals and our philosophy as far as hands-on learning and connecting with the community and the culture. Um, So we are working with organizations such as Amazon Web Services, Palo Alto, Synac, and hopefully building out our different programs and collaboration with them, um, as well as helping fulfill some of their um, open roles. So we definitely, um, all in all, uh, like to just collaborate with the community and companies that support our community efforts. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, when we first started, one of the things I did was set up donations uh, because I didn't want to sell product. Uh, I just wanted to give back. Um, But one of the dilemmas I found was the ability to give back requires funds. Uh, And, you know, without sponsorship, you're kind of stuck. Uh, We didn't have sponsorships when we first started. So we just set up a Patreon and started generating you know money to keep things going so I could pay for the Zoom so we could get equipment, um, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, of course we have the discord, but I think, you know, eventually I'd like to see our group actually be able to stand on its own without having to go out and get sponsorship or or donations. Um, And the magazine was one of those first steps, getting that out there and and being able to publish that uh, and hopefully eventually getting it into some sort of print model. Um, So getting your word out, I know you guys do public speaking. I know that you're involved with other groups Um, How else do you guys get your word out? I guess that's pointed more towards Alex, as far as you know. How how do you? What are the avenues and venues that you get the word out about BIC?
2: Well, ultimately, our community is one of our fastest um, spreaders of news. I mean, on that, not just within um, our Discord community, our LinkedIn community, and then overall on YouTube. That's upwards of like. Maybe 17 to 18,000 people, as we put all that together. So our community is strong, very much so. Um, community first in that aspect. But when it comes down to our public relations and strategy, um, in regards to that, we. Often with our partners, but also within publications, going on podcasts and appearances such as this, as well as uploading a lot of what we do on YouTube and our conferences, um, as well as their talks and whatnot that generate a lot of viewers, but also a lot of interest in our community as well. So ultimately community driven first, but then as well, having appearances like this really help spread the word about BIC.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this podcast will be shown on um, TechStrong TV at some point, and it'll be played three times in one week. And they have roughly something like 10,000 viewers. So hopefully that'll, that'll help generate more for you guys. Um, so I always like to ask my guests, you know, if there was one thing that you could change about the cybersecurity industry and, and one of your passions that, that you really want to change that's not going so well, what would it be? And I'll go ahead and start with Nico first.
1: Um, I would, I would say that cybersecurity as a whole, uh, from the defense and even the offensive side, uh, needs a new branding campaign, needs a new ad campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now there's some, there's a weird, um, uh, preference over, hey, I want to get my OSCP. I want to be offensive, 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 mm-hmm. right? And that's okay. I'm, I'm not bashing that. But I think in that, we start to lose the the value that blue team brings to the table. And the fact that if I am red teaming for a company, I'm actually blue teaming for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think through honest, more honest dialogue uh, about about understanding how uh, different um, uh, different exploits occur inside of inside of networks um, will will help people um, more visualize the reason why we need a better budget for cybersecurity and and that all automated solutions are not the are not the way and and ultimately um, that the 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 skill sets that uh, that that are presented come uh, the skill sets required to be successful in cybersecurity aren't mm-hmm. always captured underneath the umbrella of computer science. Um, you know, it could be it could be from a person with a fine arts degree. Wink, wink. Um, so who, who has that? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> so uh, so. I I I do see the value in those things, but I think that uh, a little bit more honest dialect in that way, and and I think the more that we have these uh, non-standard thinkings uh, or thinkers inside these spaces, uh, then opens up that neurodiversity that we're always looking for, and that in turn opens up the door for actual diversity within our community.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you brought up a good point about um, red teaming and and blue teaming. So, you know, the, the industry as a whole kind of looks at people coming into industry. The first thing I hear from all the kids is I want to be a hacker. Um, next question is how much, how much do you make? Um, so those two factors alone drive me nuts. Uh, and what I tell people what I tell my analysts on my, on my MDR team is that in order to be good at either side, it doesn't matter which side you pick, but you've got to know both sides. Um, if you don't know how to hack and you don't know what you're looking at, you can't defend it. Um, and Sun Tzu said it best, you know, the only way to beat your enemy is to know your enemy and become your enemy. Um, so I, I rely pretty heavily on that. I'm glad you, you touched on the blue team versus red team aspect of it, because that's always been, you know, the issue you know, nobody wants to be blue team because they, they want to be that, you know, Hollywood genre of the hacker behind the dark screen or whatever. Um, Garrison, what about you? What would you like to change about cybersecurity industry as a whole?
4: Um, I'm going to piggyback with uh, what Sock said. I'm I'm just looking for for people um, to not overlook it and to make sure like no matter what you're in involved in, you might have a skill that can be used in cybersecurity and utilizing what you're you're good at. Every time I talk to someone, I always tell them like find out what you're passionate about and then. Research that passion against cybersecurity and see what you can find. Because everybody wants to be happy when they're working, right? And and you don't want to just be going to work and be like, oh, I gotta get, I gotta pay this bill, so I gotta be here. So, but you if you if you find something you're passionate about, you you wake up happy and you know that, hey, I'm doing something to even help somebody or doing something that I appreciate. So, okay. I just hope more people um, just think about like, hey, like if I'm interested in it, if there's something that I think that I might be good at. Like don't down, uh, don't turn away from it because you think that you might not have the skills for it. Like do your research and, and make sure you put the effort in and then, then you can find out if it's for you or not. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And uh, Michaela, what about you? What would you like to see change about cybersecurity as an in industry?
3: Um, I think just like everyone else kind of touched on, I'd like to see more emphasis on that neurodiversity because that does bring the diversity as well as help connect dots more previously seen before. And with our recent season of breaches and incidents, I do think that that having uh, more diverse backgrounds and more diverse perspectives would definitely be um, a great play on everyone's that, I think communication and as well as training of um, staff members and uh, team members on basic cybersecurity hygiene and anything they can do to help further their own personal cybersecurity skills, whether that is um, pivoting to another role or even just having better personal security um, with two FA or stronger passwords and different other fundamentals, um, I think that's really important and definitely needs to be um, more circulated, spoken about, and um, just overall uh, distributed amongst our community. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. The uh, the whole the whole you know cybersecurity being a lifestyle that Nico touched on earlier. Um, I think you know because it's a passion and because we enjoy what we do, it becomes part of who we are. Um, and you're you're right, you know Garrison. You're totally right. You have to enjoy what you do, and I, I love what I do. Um, and I think that's what keeps me doing it 24 hours a day and just wear myself out is the fact that that passion never goes anywhere. You know, I've been known to stay up until like two or three in the morning until I get this exploit to work. Um, and you know, it sometimes that that passion drives you, and it makes me happy to be able to go to work. Now, I will say the only time I do dread a phone call is when someone calls about an IR because I know for the next four days I'm not going to sleep and it's just going to be chaos. Um, and I don't deal with chaos very well. Uh, so we're at the end of the hour. Um, do you guys have any questions for me or or, or for the group? You know, I'll open it up to you guys. And, and if you have any questions, you know, shoot.
4: I have one. Um, what is the most, uh, what is your most fulfilling thing about doing, uh, this podcast? Like what, what makes you, you know, continue to do it. And, uh, yeah.
0: And just meeting people like you guys, um, forming new relationships, uh, exchanging ideas from different points of view. Um, and I told Gerald, uh, Gerald Osher yesterday, I said, you know, I learned something new from every guest I have. Um, and I challenge myself if, if there's somebody out there that, that has a, you know, an advanced degree or, or, you know, are very deep in what they do. I may not know anything about what they do or their job, but an hour sitting down with them and talking to them and building that relationship, I learn something every time. So that, that's my passion. That, that, and working with kids um, I think is really big. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of young kids join the, the, our group and listen to the podcast. Um, The, I guess the medial age from for the podcast is ages 15 to 23. So we're reaching that target audience that that we wanted to. Um, And then we're, you know, reaching the, the, professionals and the old timers too. But that's a good question. And, you know, I appreciate that because to me, cybersecurity and just life in general is about relationships. And, you know, every time I I meet a guest, you know, they become one of my new best friends. So that's the way I look at it. Any other
1: questions? Uh, I have one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: As you're, as you're uh, seeking to grow talent within your organization or even previous organizations, What's something that you can pass on to us um, as, as kind of a nugget or, or a takeaway as we uh, reach out to try and mature uh, young cyber professionals?
0: So one thing I, I try not to do, and, and you know, this goes back as long as I can remember in my life, is I try not to judge people based on certifications or degrees. Um, to me, certifications are important to get that base knowledge or whatever, uh, but it's a test. And it's a very limited test. Uh, I like to see the way people's minds work. Um, creativity is, is huge to me. You, you had a fine arts degree. I went to art school as well. And I think in in red teaming and penetration testing, you have to have a level of creativity in order to do those functions. So what I do is I I, I look at you know how they how they you know communicate how their mind works and uh, the how I came up with that theory. Um, about creativity and how the mind works and, you know, suitable for which position in cyber is I went to Redmond, Washington in 2005 and interviewed for Microsoft. And I have to tell you, in 2005, it was a week-long interview and there were no technical questions at all. Um, The very first interview I had, I sat in a room and it was cluttered with, with stuff in this woman's office. And she says, pick an object in the room and, you know, I'm thinking of an object in a room and you ask the least amount of questions it takes to figure out what the object is that I'm thinking of. So it's just deductive reasoning Um, and just little things like that. You know, that for lunch, they said, you know, what's your favorite food? And I said, well, since I'm from Texas, I love steak and potatoes or whatever. So they take me to a vegan restaurant. And So it was all just a mind game. They wanted to see how how you functioned, how you communicated, you know, the way that your you as a person is constructed. Um, so I would say, you know, don't rely so heavily on um, people's backgrounds, whether it be in cyber or IT, um, because everybody has something to contribute. Uh, and I think when we become exclusive and and we don't include everybody, um, we minimize and reduce the way that we fight risk um, because it takes everybody's mindset in order to fight a problem. And I'm really a big advocate for women in cyber as well. And I think that, you know, we, we all think differently. And I think to, to make an, a balanced team and, you know, a good relationship is you have to have the male and female on the team to look at it from different points of view. Um, when you close your blinders and you hire nothing but guys, you hire nothing but girls, uh, you always lack something. And you see it all over the place. And those teams don't stay stay together. They don't have that cohesiveness. Uh, So I try to mix in a little bit of everything, but I don't don't shut my eyes when it comes to, oh, you don't have the right cert. I can't help you. Or, you know, when someone comes to me and says, well, I don't really know what I want to do in cyber. You know, then I look at what they've done in the past. You know, were you a doctor? Were you in the military? You know, and relate that to cyber. That's a good question. And, you know, hopefully, you know, more people will think that way, because I know that there's some organizations that if you have something in your past, um, like I do, uh, they keep you from having a job or, you know, if, if you don't have that degree or, you know, you don't know the right people, then they count you out. And I hate that about the industry. Michaela, do you have anything for me?
3: Um, I guess on the lighter side, um, what do you like to do outside of your podcast and working in cyber?
0: well, so like socks, I I don't have a lot of that time. Um, You know, like you says, there's 24 hours in a day and I'm not sure exactly how many hours I can actually say that I'm free. Uh, But I do enjoy content creation. Um, I actually started doing uh, screenplays for Alyssa Knight and her uh, media company uh, doing screenplays and and doing content for her, uh, her events. And I think, you know, to me, that was something I'd never tried before. And I was terrified, you know, after the podcast, she called me, she said, Hey, I want you to, 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 you know, be a writer on my team and, you know, help write these short films. And I was like, yo, I don't know anything about film and I have no idea how to write. So you probably asked me the wrong person, but I challenged myself. I was like, you know, here's this, you know, top of the industry person that wants me to help them. And I was like, absolutely and jumped right in. And then I learned something new. And I actually really enjoy it that, and I do fly fishing, Um, I love music. Uh, I used to like to travel until the U.S. decided they didn't want me to travel anymore. Um, But Other than that, you know, I just, you know, I did some professional boxing back in the day. Um, Can't do that anymore because I'm a little bit too old. Uh, But yeah, I fought in Vegas uh, in 2001. And and that was another thing that I I put myself out there and just tried, you know, and was actually halfway decent at it. Yeah, that's I mean, it's important to have hobbies outside of what we do. Um, but like Nico said, you know, it's, this is my passion and, you know, I'm always building something with the Raspberry Pi or building a retro arcade or, you know, setting up VMs to hack, you know, just constantly doing something. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my fun time. So what little I get, but I appreciate the questions. Um, any last words before we go, anything you want to shoot out there to people listening or, or, you know, get the word out about something specific,
3: go for it. Well, I just want to shout out my awesome team. I know you guys talked a little bit about me, but I really couldn't be the leader that I am today without my team. So, Nico, Garrett, Garrison, not Gary, and Alex, what um, big, big, great, and they're awesome. And it's great working with them. So, shout out to them. And we also have an event coming up on Saturday that
2: I think Alex wants to talk about. Absolutely. It's about that time for SecretCon. Uh, And shout out um, as well to our awesome team. I'm so happy to be a part of this. It's been awesome being on this ride, just seeing how we've been able to achieve this amazing feat, but also give back to our community and just um, be a part of that and seeing so many people grow. We almost have one person a day telling us about a certification they've earned. So that's amazing. Um, And just keeping that up within the community, but also, you know, of course our next cons coming up. So shameless plug (laughs) about that.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it guys. And, and, you know, it's an honor having you guys on the show and anything I can do to help out BIC or contribute, just let me know. And and I'll be there for you guys. Um, And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and shut it down and uh, I'll see you guys next time. And you're always welcome. See you guys later.
1: Thank
3: you.
2: Bye.
0: Good afternoon, everybody.